Hello, welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. All right, we got something special for you this week. It's the holidays, um, and a weird thing happened. I was on Instagram, and I saw a post about Neil Falls. Never heard of him. And I was like, Neil, <laughs> I was like, Neil Falls, holy shit. That was one of our very first episodes back Yo. when we were True Crime Las Vegas. A lot of our listeners, I'd say most of our listeners, don't even know that we started out as True Crime Las Vegas, not True Crime Guys. Right. Back in late 2016, early 2017, we're yeah. coming up on five years anniversary. Basically, we're at our five-year anniversary right now, Michael, just about. We are. I mean, podcasting. as far as planning the podcast and starting recording, yeah, was right right around this yeah. time, right it around the December, holidays, 2016. December of 2016 is yeah, yeah. when we recorded our first episode. Pretty uh, crazy. I don't even remember what our very first one was. Dude, I think um, it was a local Vegas case where... It was. Um, this woman, this mother, shot and killed this boy in his driveway. Remember that? No, the her son did. Oh, her son right? shot and killed him. Okay. Anyways, yeah. it doesn't Crazy matter. We, we, we started out doing local <laughs> Las Vegas cases. It's been a minute. Okay. Yeah. And so when I saw the post on Neil Foss, I was like, dang, I, I wish our audience could hear that. And I, I was under the assumption that it was like gone. We had it on SoundCloud at one point and then it was gone. I think yeah. our account was like inactive for so long that it just like gone. And I don't have the original file. I, I don't know where he it didn't, is. Yeah. But I started searching and I found it because, you know, that's how I am. That's how I find a lot of stuff for our <laughs> cases that we Dark do. Dark web. I found it on castbox.fm. I found the episode. and Castbox? What the hell is that? And I listened to it. I, I, I assumed it was going to be not very good. You know, I assumed that... You know, it was rocky when we first started, yeah. which is the first couple episodes. But I think this is the episode that we got things figured out. Yeah, this was episode and four, I think. Yeah, it's this was posted January twenty first, twenty seventeen, coming up on five years ago. And actually, we had a third host at that time, a good friend of mine, Brandon, yes. who I'm still really good friends with, still work with. Hell yeah, shout um, out, to hung Brandon. out with this past weekend. Great dude. Yeah, and he was. He was a third member of our show, and he didn't, he didn't talk a ton on the show, but he's, he he came in with some good facts here and there, and um, it, it, the show sounds a lot like our show now, and I was surprised that it was pretty decent, yeah. so I, I wanted to share it with you guys, a little blast from the past, and we we dove into Neil Falls real hard, and all just about everything in this episode is, is applicable still. Not much has changed. I mean, yeah, it's a crazy case. was killed by his final victim, and... Um, there's still a lot of speculation around Neil Falls. We can't, we can't even say for certain that he killed anyone, as we talked about in the episode, but he is uh, an intriguing character, you know, to say the least. Come to think of it, this flows very nicely from our Vigilantes case that we did for Patreon last week. Yes. You know, another, this yes. somebody who justice was taken into their own hands, and it even even more, uh, you know, even more in a good way because it was the victim herself who was able to yeah. finally defeat this creep. And his dude. Take the gun away from the, the perpetrator and use it against him. Seriously. Crazy case. Crazy Beautiful. case. I'm glad you found it, man. I'm glad you found it. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into that episode, guys, first we want to play a little promo from a podcast that we love. Good friends of ours over at Killer Queens Podcast. And if you've never heard of them, here's their voices. They sound a little something like this. Hey, y'all. I'm Torella. And I'm Tori. And we are sisters and host of Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. Now, we could tell you about our show, but in the words of LeVar Burton, don't take our word for it. Here is an actual listener's description of the show. Okay, she says, Think Cher Horowitz meets Dolly Parton, create a love child. Then that person meets Bill Curtis, our one and only. And two random girls are the product of that. That's Torella and Tori, sisters and hosts. Smart, weird, pretty, blonde, hilarious, southern, and just really okay with being themselves, even when it is weird. Oh, and it's weird. 
gets real weird. It made me realize they became their role models without even meaning to. Oh my gosh. We are so hashtag blessed to be mentioned in the top true crime podcast list on Marie Claire, Cosmopolitan, and Women's Health Magazine for 2021 as well. The Women's Health Magazine review concludes with, Each episode contains a healthy dose of comedy and 90s references. What more could you ask for? New episodes release every Monday beginning in 2022 and are available on your favorite podcast app right now. Be sure to search for and subscribe to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen. But no pressure. We're not your real mom and we never will be. Bye. Bye. I opened the door and he put the gun. I opened the door and he put the gun on my chest and he said, live or die. That's the first thing he said. And he was just, just squeezing so tight. I didn't think I was going to live. Hello and welcome back to True Crime Las Vegas. This is episode four. We are back in studio. It's actually a rainy day in Vegas and we're not doing this. Late night after work, we're all in a good mood. We're in high spirits. We have energy. The inauguration in the background. Yeah, the inauguration (laughs) chaos in the background. President Donald Trump being sworn in. Kind of strange. Um, But yeah, I mean, like I said, we're in good spirits and uh, ready to do this. Um, So so I want to cover a couple of notable crimes in Las Vegas this week. Uh, The homicide investigation and... uh, conviction of some people. So 18-year-old Richard Nelson, a freshman at Missouri State University and former football star at Chaparral High School here in Las Vegas. Uh, he was a really well-liked kid. He was he was a straight-A student, uh, like I said, great athlete. And he's just one of those kids that rises above. Like uh, he was, right. they, they, his uh, Chaparral had made videos of what a, a great athlete and student and role model he was and all this stuff. Anyways, he was actually killed this week um, trying to break up a fight between his sister and some other girl that they knew. It was it was just one of those lovers quarrel things, and a car with a group full of people pulled up to Nelson's house, and his sister went out there to try and get them to leave because they weren't welcome. And his sister got jumped. Uh, there was a mother involved who drove the car full of kids over there to start problems. It's ridiculous. And uh, anyways, Nelson, is his sister's getting jumped, and he tries to pull some people off of his sister to protect his sister, and one of the people of the other group shoots him in the back five times, killing him <laughs> at the scene. His, he died in his mother's arms. Tragic, terrible thing that didn't need to happen. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, lost, it, this was kind of swarming the, the local news this week because, you know, just remembering this kid, he seemed to be right. a really good kid. And uh, already there's been a, the arrest of 17-year-old Richard Newsom. They're both named Richard. Um, Richard Newsom was the shooter and uh, I believe brother of the girl that his that uh, Richard Nelson's sister had a beef with. And uh, also brought up on charges is 37-year-old Tiana Thomas, which is the mother of Richard Newsom, the shooter, who drove him over there to get into this confrontation so. yeah. in front of the house of Richard Nelson. Right. And so um, they've been charged, I guess, um, Richard Newsom has been charged with murder and his mother has been charged with accessory. So wow. this is, you know, I, it's also kind of a similar case to the Tammy Myers thing. It's like, what are you, why are you driving your kid over to, I don't know. The Tammy Myers thing is really complicated and there's yeah. more to it than this. This is just, you're going over there, you're starting, I, I don't know if anyone knew that this kid was going to pull out a gun and blast 
Richard Nelson over this. I, maybe they thought it was just going to be a fight, but these things nowadays, it just but that mother, no one just ever fights anymore. It's can, can we just right Friday? You know, put up your Dukes. <laughs> you win some, you lose some, but right. you live. You live to fight. Take another your glasses day. off, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. You take your whooping or you yeah. put one out, and then it's put over. Put your weapons down. Put your keys down. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do a one on one, and that's right. Mono Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, is like one on one. Yeah, Not I bring mean, a car full of people. Any of us in, in Richard Nelson's position would have done exactly what he did. Oh, His sister's being jumped. There's multiple people kicking her. There's a boy kicking her. So, like, the girls got into it. And then on, on the ground, the, the, I guess, like, the brother of the girl that was getting beat up starts kicking her in the face and all this stuff. So... Of course, he comes out to defend, and I guess right. his his uh, either his mother or his, or his sister Richard Nelson was trying to hold him back, but he just you know he had to protect his sister, yeah. and that, you know unfortunately it went terribly in that. Right. Yeah. And did you you had another one of this this week kind of interesting. Yeah, two brothers got into a uh, little scuffle over the uh, Green Bay and Dallas game. Great game, game of the year in my opinion. Awesome game, very close. But but if you're a Dallas yeah. fan, didn't not so it, great. Right, especially if your brother's a Green Bay fan. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> but they got into a scuffle. It escalated. Sorry, Jordan, Texas. <laughs> yeah, one brother ended up stabbing the other one to death. Yeah, crazy. This Unreal. happened not too far from my parents' house, and it was just one of those things. The brother was in town. He wasn't even a local, and he got into it with his, he got into it with his brother. I guess a family member broke it up, and then he went back after him again and ended up getting stabbed. And the police are, early on in the investigation, police are right now saying that it's possibly um, self-defense. And wow. this is, so I don't know, I don't know the details of how brutal it was. Right, you know, it just depends on how the far kid, the other guy was taking it. Yeah, if the brother was really afraid for his life enough to stab his own brother, I, I don't know, I'm sure alcohol was involved. Oh, I've, of course. I've been there when the 49ers lost in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> I've been hammered on a, a bunch of IPAs and <laughs> smashing stuff around the house. But <laughs> So many holes in my Not wall. enough to smash. I don't have a brother, but I don't think I would have stabbed him. <laughs> no, well, no. Maybe once. Yeah, maybe once. If he was a Giants fan when we time. lost to the team, yeah. Not an arterial snap, stab, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so the with these two, that brings up the total in 2017 homicides in Las Vegas to 10. That's Jesus quite Christ. a few. That's quite a few because we're what eighteen, we're, nineteen days into the year, so we're averaging one 20th? every other. We're averaging <laughs> more than one every other day, so one every two days, even more than that, really. So I mean, I don't know. We were talking about twenty sixteen and how bad it was for homicide and robbery and all this stuff. And I want to get to an episode about robberies because we definitely have plenty of those here. Yeah, and I have a personal story about it, and I, I think a, a good uh, episode to be would be robbers that break into houses and end up on the wrong end of it end up getting shot by the homeowner which happens a lot in las vegas it's it seems more often than not when someone breaks into a home here and the person's home the the robber gets shot right. and so there's some crazy stories that i can recall off the top of my head where this happened and maybe we could have a whole episode around that and do some of those <clears throat> but we'll get to the topic at hand that's right which is <clears throat> the story of the suspected serial killer neil falls this Mr. uh falls this was brought to our attention by uh, Heather S1983 on Twitter. She's actually a writer and a contributor for Sword and Scale, great podcast, one of my favorite true crime shows. Yes. And she had a great article on Sword and Scale's website about Neil Falls that we used as a resource for this, among yep. 50 million other websites. Right, so as well as too the many Facebook to list, page. But we do want to give her a, definitely a shout out for that. Thank you for bringing our attention because yeah. on the surface it seems like way too convoluted like oh he was here and here and here and it's like but when you start just we dug in i spent hours and hours oh, last yeah. night going down the wormhole and trying <laughs> to track his whereabouts throughout his life and all this but what we're going to start is we're going to do this kind of like a quentin tarantino movie we're going to start at the end 
and then start yes. at the beginning after that. <laughs> and we're going to play joyful music Yeah, over a death scene. No. <laughs> I don't know. I might edit that in later. Right? <laughs> You're going to be okay. <laughs> Tarantino's the best. Okay, so we're going to start with The Day He Died. This is uh, Charleston, West Virginia, July 18th, 2015. Neil Falls knocks on the door of Heather Saul. Um, she, he found her on Backpages.com, and he was going there at least to her knowledge, they were going to have uh, some kind of relations for for money. Right. And so when she answers the door, he puts a gun to her chest and says, live or die. Those are your two Immediately. options. Immediately. That's the first thing he says with the gun to her chest. It's a solid introduction. Yeah. <laughs> first she, impressions. <laughs> yeah. So Neil told her he was going to prison for a long time, and it was her choice whether it was going to be for rape or murder. He then grabbed her throat and through her own words, because she's done a lot of media afterwards, uh, she says she could barely breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was really in she in her mind. He was going to kill her right regardless at that of moment. What. Yeah, no matter what the outcome, how he killed her, he, she was going to die yeah. if he had anything to do with it. Right. Um, so he's choking her, and at some point they make their way towards her kitchen. They're in the mm-hmm. entryway to her kitchen, and thinking she's going to die, she needs to do anything. She starts reaching around, grabbing for anything near right. her. There happens to be just a, a rake, a, yeah. a rake in the kitchen, like it's, a long tooth comb. It's like basically fate. You know, yeah. na- she wasn't supposed to die that day. Neil was no. because yeah. she she has happens to have this garden rake leaning against the wall on the entry to her kitchen. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not a. It's not a garden rake. Well, it's a small rake. Whatever it is, it's no. It's, what, it's, it's, it's for it's, gardening or something. No, it's it's for your hair. For your hair? Yeah. No, it, no, no, no. Yes, it is. No, she she definitely had, had a rake. Uh, I saw. A, a, video of her holding up the rake and then it showed two teeth on the rake that yeah, you'd have to bent. have one hell of a head of hair michael <laughs> and, and she okay yeah hey guys write in on twitter about this yeah i'm pretty sure yeah. it was like a, it, it wasn't your full size like raking leaves but it was like i want to say it's some kind of a garden rake or something <laughs> like that <laughs> all right we'll go with that anyway it's more interesting I, why would he be afraid of a comb dude <laughs> like a you guys comb. don't know like what kind of my mom did hit me in the head when i would like bitch about her combing my hair sometimes it stung a little bit but i'm not yeah. so afraid i'm gonna put my gun down over it which leads us well, to some what of them happened. Well, some metal have metal spikes, though. And if she was going for the eyes, which I'm sure she was, he was like, what the hell? Well, either way, whatever it was, he was threatened enough that yeah. he sets his gun on her kitchen table yeah. to try and get the, to pry the rake slash comb out of her hands. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the biggest mistake it's, he'd ever made in his life because she's able yeah. to then grab the gun, reach behind her, shooting him in, some say the neck, some say the face, but either way, it killed him immediately. Yeah. And there he lay dead on her floor and... Uh, and so we have even some quotes from her. Um, well, no, before that, he said, I'm going to call the orders and you're going to be quiet. So that's that's before the struggle made its way into the kitchen where it ended. Um, there's there's interviews she's done since, and there's even the interrogation and all this stuff. And, and she's clearly, she she rightfully killed him because he was. it's clear he was going to kill her. Right. And uh, when the police arrived, they found in his Subaru Forester what they called a kill kit. You want to give us a breakdown of what was in it, Michael? Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, I do. He had knives, axes, uh, plastic wrap, uh, four sets of handcuffs, which the, the police later said that that was a common thing for for murderers who disassemble their victims because you got one for each limb. See what I mean? So you would almost spread them out into like a star pattern. See, I saw two sets, but that would do the same thing, right? No, no, it, no it, you'd four. want one for yeah. each... Yeah, one, one for, for each, each arm, one yeah. for each leg. Yeah, two ankles, two wrists. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, a Rubbermaid container that was large enough for a, a woman human. to fit in yeah. easy. 
Yeah, and that was in his back seat. And then right. the hatch of the Forester right. was where the, all the axes and all that stuff and was. And he had bleach. He uh, had a sledgehammer, two axes, a throwing axe. He pretty much had the serial killer starter kit. Yeah, a bottle of bleach. Or finisher kit. <laughs> the start, <laughs> start and finisher kit. Yeah, I guess he wouldn't call it a starter he, kit. He had the collector's edition, actually, I think. Yeah, no, the oh, starter yeah. kit would be a little simpler, I think. He had the deluxe the version, kit. for sure. Yeah. The deluxe killer Starting kit. kit would just be like a sniper rifle. Yeah. <laughs> sniper, sniper rifle and a shovel. Basic. With the serial number filed off. Was there a shovel? I didn't see. Did there, was shovel. A shovel. Okay, there was yeah. a shovel. There was a machete. There was... Machete. The, the weirdest machete. one I thought was there was 100 bags of of uh, sub sandwiches. There was Subway bags. <laughs> just the well, sandwich. the sandwiches weren't in there. Right? Yeah, the, the sandwiches <laughs> weren't in there. There was just... They, they found the rotting corpses of 500 Subway sandwiches. He doesn't want them to starve back there. Right. <laughs> Decaying in the back of his Subaru Forester right. were 500 sandwiches from <laughs> so I'm like old tomatoes and lettuce. <laughs> the stench reeked for miles. <laughs> yeah, the, he had, I don't know why, but he did have an, an abnormal amount of Subway sandwich bags, <laughs> just the clear Subway. And we were speculating before the show yep. what this could have been for. He was saying right. maybe it was put, Michael <laughs> said something silly. He's like, what if it was to put it over their heads? And I was like, what are they, Marge Simpson heads? What are you talking about? <laughs> they don't have heads shaped like a hot dog, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to put limbs I in. I told him Subway in. has bigger bags. <laughs> the foot long, bro. Listen, dude. I got a family of five. When I go to Subway, they give me. They don't give me that little skinny bag. No, that's not what he had, though. He had the sandwich <laughs> right, bag. Yeah, the little slipped-in bag right. that you put your sandwich in. Absolutely. But yeah, that could but, be for hands. But we speculated. The more you get to learn about uh, Neil, he's a, he's a very strange guy. He's mysterious. And a lot of these these weird guys, they do, they're very systematic. I have a feeling he was the kind of guy that went to Subway three times a day. That's all he ate. Probably went to yeah. the same one. You know what I mean? Isn't it weird those Subway addicts turn out to be creepy? And he like tra- Jared. He, yeah. he traveled the country nonstop, which is something we learned. We're going to get through that. Yeah. But it, Subways are everywhere. They're in every city. So it, maybe oh, yeah. he just wanted something consistent to eat that every city has. Possibly. Or maybe he had intentions for these bags. I don't know. They're definitely a... I, I I would still go with the, a strange the, thing. The limbs in the bag. I or you have to get a statement from Subway. Yeah, you need to. Jared definitely <laughs> crickets. <laughs> <What do> you, <laughs> <laughs> crickets. Um, in Neil's pocket, the police also found a yellow Post-it note with the names of names oh, yeah. and numbers of at least six other women that he had intended to meet with. Five yep. of them and were ages in too. That was kind of weird. Ages, numbers, numbers. locations, locations, addresses. Yep. Uh, five of them were in West Virginia where he was killed. And one of them was as far away as San Diego. So, I mean, as we'll get to, there's a lot of speculation. Maybe he was involved in a lot of cases across the country. He he would meet girls on back pages, and he would just mm-hmm. drive to them. If that they, is if the they one fit, thing. It seemed as if they com- f- well, they had multiple things in common, but the back pages thing yeah. is is the common denominator. Yeah. And so, um, shortly after his death, police and media began to investigate and wonder whether Neil had been the answer to several missing persons cases across the country. You know, you start to connect dots. And did you want to break down uh, all the different stops that he had been involved in throughout the country? So police in so many different states had stopped him, and he got away with no charges. Right. This was for the past 15 years. Uh, He was stopped by police in Arizona, California, Colorado, Georgia, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Missouri, Montana, New Mexico, Nevada, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia. Yeah, and so... What Over pe- the course of the last 15 years. And so what people started to do is, is look, okay, when was he stopped there? Where, right. were there? Were there women that went missing in that time frame? Were there women that had been dismembered and found elsewhere that were missing from that location in that time frame? 
Um, some things that people have connected him to was six men, six women that were missing found dead in uh, Chillicothe, Ohio, so Southern mm-hmm. Ohio, not too far from West Virginia. I guess it's less than a two-hour drive from Charleston where he was yeah. killed. And that was between 2014 and 2015 that those six women were either missing or found dead. They've potentially leaked him to those, but, you know, there's no... There's no... Right. The, the uh, timelines match up. Yeah, there's nothing definitive, but they seem to match up. They seem to match his MO, fit the part. Um, some people have even said he he could have been involved in the Long Island killings. You know, Lisk, the Long Island serial killer, 10 to 16 Jesus. bodies were discovered in 2010. And it was a long... Yeah. There was a big gap that these women were missing. I just, I think, find that one improbable. We're not yeah, going to try and cover that one. Stretch. Yeah, I mean, they're even, they even think that the, the Long Island Sailor Killer might have been multiple people that were dumping bodies at the same location. It's, that's a whole other rabbit hole I didn't really want to go down. Right. We're going to dismiss the Long Island thing, and not to say that he couldn't have done it, but he most likely didn't do it, yeah. just because it would have taken too much time, and he was all over the place elsewhere. So. And he would have started at, what, 25? Yeah, I think some, not, not that it's not possible, but yeah, because he was forty-five. He yeah, was, yeah. You do. <laughs> Might as well be Long Island, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was his starter kit days. <laughs> his, his kill kit wasn't as uh, elaborate back then, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of that one's a little bit of a stretch. And what what people are doing is just any missing person case across the country. Any time yeah. that he was around, it just seems like they're just throwing those on him. Um, Texas, he was pulled over in July of 2015, also sent a package including weapons, money, and documents to a woman he'd been staying with, and also left his dog with her, potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of information about his dog, his dog hair in his car that they're trying now to maybe hopefully link dog hair to the Yeah, they're victims. just scratching for anything right now. Yeah. Like, you know, souvenirs that he took from victims, trying to match this dog hair. You know, it's they're really reaching... He, he covered his tracks well, apparently. He did. He was, he, and as far as, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go into his history in a minute, but what, the reason we're doing Neil Falls is because of the four women that were missing or found murdered prostitutes from in Las Vegas from 2003 to 2006 that there is a, a link and people really feel he may be responsible for. Mm-hmm. So those are the three, those are the four women in the story, the murder cases that we are going to focus on the most we've got profiles on the girls missing and we're going to try and we're going to try by the end of the episode to determine whether he is guilty of these or potentially guilty or maybe we find it to also be a stretch right but we'll go back way back to neil the the very beginning of neil falls and and kind of get into who he is he was born september 24th 1969 in eugene oregon he had nine siblings apparently had an abusive father Mm mm-hmm which checking boxes there a lot of yep. a lot of it seems like neglected you, there are some serial killers that abused. had a great childhood but it's rare usually it was yeah fucked up you know um he reportedly lived around Oregon until 1992 and relocated to Greensburg Kansas with his father mm-hmm. uh lived there until 1996 his father died That's in 95 right. and he shortly left afterwards um he then moved back to Oregon and ended up taking courses, obtained certifications, and had his fingerprints documented by the FBI all for security purposes. He was going to go into the security field. Mm-hmm. He always had a fascination with guns, with security, with the military, police, yep. all that kind of stuff. So he started taking courses and all that. And in uh, 2000, he moved to Henderson, Nevada, um, just outside of Las Vegas. It's basically Las Vegas. It's yeah. the southeast it's part of southeast. town. It's one of those things like you would, if you're in Vegas, you don't realize you cross the line. You start driving yeah. south, you're in Henderson. Yeah. There's like, no, 
There's no clear line. It's yeah. just, it's basically Las Vegas. Yeah. Same thing as North Las Vegas. Technically, North Las Vegas is a different city, but it's Las Vegas. It's, yeah. it's all lumped together. It's all one big metropolitan area. And so he was living in Henderson from 2000 to 2008, and he was living with a woman. He was actually sharing or renting a room from a woman in, that lived in Henderson, and he lived there for eight, eight years, years with her. And she's actually come out and done interviews, said that he, he, was, he was a quiet guy, kept right. to himself. He would go to work, come home. He did have. He did try to show her his gun collection. That was kind of. That's the common <laughs> that, theme you see through this he, whole he thing. He shared. Every, he shared the gun collection with everybody. He's an annoying that guy. Like, you know, like we all yeah. know that person. Like, yeah. look at my guns. Look at my guns, man. Look at my guns, man. He probably did talk like that because remember he didn't have teeth. I heard he had a lisp. That was the yeah. guy. There was a guy. Okay, so this is another thing we can bring up real quick. In Charleston, uh, the day he was killed, on the way to uh, Heather's house, he stopped at a, a convenience store. And inside, he he talked to a local person, not the person that works there, but he talked to like a person in line or something. Mm-hmm. And he was asking if there was a gun range around there because he wasn't really familiar with the area. And the guy that was in there uh, said, yeah, that he told him where there was a gun range. And he said, yeah, you can shoot like 300 yards there. It's, it's cool. He's like, oh, I don't need to shoot that far. But one of the things the guy said was that he had a very strange, like feminine voice with a lisp. And he mm-hmm. also said that when he he watched him drive away because he thought the whole the whole conversation was just strange. Right. And he's you know later on he ended up calling the cops after he saw the whole news story break of Heather yeah. and him dying and everything. And he and he told the cops that he didn't see a dog in the car because there was a lot of links to dogs and dog yeah, hair and all this hair. stuff. Anyways, so lot, yeah, he did have a weird voice apparently. Yeah, a lot of his coworkers said that they contributed a lot of that though because he, he he didn't have any teeth. He had all his teeth pulled. That's right. And he just terrible he, hygiene, apparently. Yeah. And he just wore his top ones. He didn't wear the bottom denture. <laughs> yeah. He just wore the yeah, top I heard ones. That. that was oh yeah. boy. So I mean, how sour. would you talk if if you just had How your could top a guy teeth? like this have to pay for sex? I don't understand. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you'd think the ladies would just be flocking to him. Uh, right. Talking about his guns with his top uh, teeth. Hello. Let me show me my guns. You see my guns? You see my guns. I love making fun of creeps. Right. It's a good time. Okay, so where were we? Uh, anyway, so yeah, he moved to Henderson. The The woman that he lived with, she didn't want to give her name. She just called herself Jane in the interview. Yeah. Um, she said that he would have, like, he would eat Thanksgiving dinner with them. He Part watched. The family. This is kind of creepy. He watched her daughter go through high school. Literally. Yeah. With a, watched her through the window every night. <laughs> yeah. Standing outside her classroom. Yeah. So, at her. and I thought about it. I was like, damn, that's got to be strange for Jane quote-unquote Jane, to realize this guy was a potential serial killer. Exactly. And he he was living with my daughter under the same roof for many years, for eight years. You know, he watched her grow up. I don't know if he wasn't her cup of tea or she wasn't his cup of tea. (laughs) Well, she probably wasn't a strawberry blonde. And I think we decided that the guy was strawberry, oh yeah, (laughs) strawberry curly blonde hair girl. Uh, yeah, maybe she wasn't, but yeah. also I think he was, he's maybe not a smart guy, but he's at least savvy enough to not shit where he eats. He's not going right. to give the police a direct link Obviously, between. Obviously, if he's scattering bodies across the U.S. Yes. He's, yeah. 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 Supposedly. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we'll get there. Yeah. So, yeah, he's living in Henderson, and he was working at the Hoover Dam on the Arizona side. They put him kind of out of the public's way, mainly. He was just working a checkpoint, and... I, th- nobody there trusted him. Nobody there liked him. He had terrible hygiene. He just didn't have a good posture, demeanor, anything about him. So they kind of just threw him to the side, and he consistently creeped out his coworkers. Yeah. Many of them have come out afterwards and, and talked about all these different stories. There's Facebook screen caps you can look oh up. Oh, my gosh. Did you want to get into any of those? Or, get lost oh, go ahead and break days. down what 
what his coworkers um, thought but, of him. And I'll what give you a little bit of conversation from this this guy. Uh, his name is Daryl Kelly. Uh, was one of his coworkers. He came out and did an interview. Since. Yeah, he came out and did an interview. So I thought it was was pretty interesting. Um, here's one of his conversations with him. This is from Kelly's point of view. He said, "You'd be like Neil. What'd you do this weekend?" And he'd go, "Picked up a hooker and drove up. Picked up a hooker and drove up and down the highway." <laughs> and Kelly said, "And the weird thing is." He's like, he'd always have 10 grand in cash in his car and a paper sack. And you'd ask him, what's that for? And he'd say, it's in case I got to go somewhere. In case yeah. I got a bolt. Yeah, in case I got a bolt. Or pay for a Philippine hooker. Apparently, yeah. he would brag about going to the Philippines and, and uh, getting call girls there so or hookers. There might quite possibly be an international murder. Yeah, he's, it, there's, yeah. He, did, he did admit to going down to the Philippines for sex workers. And uh, so, I mean, that's something that the police, I'm sure, have looked into. Right. I don't know if they can find a link there or not. Also, Brandon, we were talking about how the, his coworkers would ask him because he would he would come into work hours early, early yeah, in the morning. Yeah. Yes, yes. And they would ask him, where, what, why, what are you doing here so early? What were you out there doing? And he would say he was doing night ops. Night ops. Yeah. So He'd say it's an open area. He said you can park here and do a lot of things. Yeah. That was one of the things he was quoted to say as well. And it was weird. He said he was... Uh, Routinely, he routinely got in trouble for lighting animals on fire, throwing, throwing rocks, rocks, throwing at, rocks, at mice and yeah. rats, and Kill, just torturing killing small animals, animals. while on the job. What was the Brandon? You want to tell the story about the deer? Oh, okay, he was he he had a I guess a deer near where he was staying. I'm guessing in Oregon. There's a lot, uh, of and he was proud of this. Let's, let's put that out there. So he was proudly he telling this story a lot. Yeah, he befriended a deer feeding it and got it to the point where it was actually eating out of his hand. Trusting him completely. Yeah. And, and that took, takes a while. Deer are, are very... Oh, yeah. They're, they're prey animals, so they're... <laughs> Lauren's dog won't even let me pet it. Yeah. Right? She looks like a deer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, probably because you're going to do what he did. Well, yeah. Creepy. And then, <laughs> then took a knife and just started stabbing the shit out of it and ended up killing a deer. That it's called was, hunting, bro. <laughs> I don't think he ate this deer. That's an impressive kill. I don't, right? I don't think he's got it on his mantle. <laughs> Maybe a dead hooker, but it's dismembered across the country. Yeah, <laughs> he put it in, in subway sandwich bags. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, these are the kind of things that would consistently creep out his coworkers. Yeah, this is Neil Falls in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, and you can look up. I mean, if you dig, you can you can look for the screen captures because his coworkers, after they found out what happened to him, they you could. Someone looked up his old coworkers' conversations on Facebook and yeah. and screen capped it all. They took the names out and everything, so you don't know who's having the conversations. But basically, they're going back and forth like, I knew it. He was such a creep. They used to consistently joke about whenever he would get off work that he was going to go kill hookers that kill night. Kill hookers. Little did yeah. they know. Yeah, he was yeah. killing – well, we can't – that's the thing about Neil is like he's so mysterious. Two photos of him, and we can't – we can't definitively say, as of right now, that he killed anyone. We're talking about him like he—he he tried to kill Heather. She killed him. That's—that's yeah. that's the only. He's never been convicted. And, but and there were a lot of signs, man. There, that's these that's what this is about. There's a lot of signs. Lot of signs. Yeah, yeah and, and we don't just even ignored. We don't even know that that he was going to kill her because he could have he wanted to knock her out and then have sex with her and then leave her alone because being a prostitute. He did say who, you're, she, it's your decision whether it's going to be rape or murder that he's yeah. going away for. Yeah, who's she going to complain to that she had a strange man over from off a, a back page to, right. to yeah. do what? One more, what, you know? one more quick note on his coworkers and their experiences with him there. One thing that he would consistently do 
is when when someone would slight him or piss him off or say something because one of his coworkers that got tired of him torturing little mice and animals and, and actually reported him and and one thing he would do is he would take out this little black book and he would write your name down right in front of you and just give you an evil glare and then close the book and put it in his pocket he had like a list of guys people not, guy, not just guys do but guys you girls need <laughs> right yeah. yeah and he was constantly getting in trouble and freaking out yep. there was like a one of one of the posts on the Facebook page so they were asking another employee, they said, weren't you working that day? He got in some trouble, and we thought he was going to shoot up the Arizona checkpoint. And Sergeant so-and-so unsnapped his holster. He was legit scared. Yeah. Like, he literally had his hand on his pistol getting ready to take this dude out. Yeah. Like, and this was this was like a weekly thing. This this happened all the time. Yeah. I, I, see, and there's the thing is, like, I know some weird people. Like, one of my best friends is one of the strangest people you'll ever meet. His name's Dustin. Great guy. Was my best man at my wedding. But if he turned out to be a serial killer, I can't say that I would be like, oh, my God. I'd be like, oh my God. okay, so the signs You'd be were, like, well, that's just Dustin. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. Like, I don't know what the hell he does. Like, he doesn't work. He's got, he had, like, and he's even told stories to me where he was, like, get, dating girls on Tinder and, like, taking them back to his place. And like, God, this girl's stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's... So, I mean, the thing is, like, you never know. This, this Neil thing is, like, there's so many signs, but sometimes those all they are are signs, and they're not yeah. anything more. I think that is more with him. But my point is we all meet people that could – they wouldn't su- surprise us that much, but most of them don't ever kill anybody. You know, right, we've all right. met people where we're like, dude, if that guy was a serial killer, I'd be like, oh, that makes kind of sense. But and typically, plus, usually they're not. And plus, in your own little world, in your day-to-day life, you like to think that that kind of stuff's not going to enter into your world. And it's not going to cross over into where I actually live. I think a lot of stuff clicks in people's heads after it happens, too. Or they start things that you don't think twice about, typically. Like, if, yeah. I, if I were to kill someone, and you, you, as much as you've known me, you guys, you guys would start going, oh, yeah, remember that time you said that? And that would all of a sudden seem so much more meaningful. <laughs> That's true. You know, maybe Hindsight's I, 2020. Yeah, I'm joking <laughs> at the time. Maybe, maybe I'm not. Oh. You know, maybe I'm not. You know what? This might be our last <laughs> episode. You've got a whole podcast that would, co- <laughs> if you went back and listened, and you're like, oh, that's what he yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Some days can be a real struggle. The good news is I'm having a lot less of those since I found True Niagen. I actually love it. True Niagen helps fuel the cell's energy engines, maintains cellular metabolism, and even supports heart health in combination with a healthy lifestyle. With 13 published human clinical studies and backed by Nobel Prize winners, True Niagen is a supplement that's clinically proven to boost NAD levels, an essential coenzyme required for cellular energy and repair. Since taking True Niagen, I have more resiliency, and it helps my muscles recover. I just have more zest for life. Add more vitality to your life today with True Niagen. Right now, new customers can save 10% on their first purchase by going to truenyogen.com slash creeper and use code creeper. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com slash creeper, code creeper, to save 10% on your first purchase. truenyogen.com slash creeper, code, you guessed it, creeper. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Anyway, so yeah, he lived, he ends up, okay, so he's working, he's working Hoover Dam, and he ends up actually getting fired for sexual harassment, believe it or not. What? 
sense. I know he, his work that doesn't sound like him at all. He, he, I know everyone at work loved him, and it was it came to a surprise to everyone. Yeah. But he ended up uh, being too creepy with women. That was another thing that is that he was just very. All the women that he worked with said the same thing that he that he just creeped them out. Another yeah. sign, another big glaring sign right in your face. Yeah. And so this leads us. We're we're not going to go too far beyond. We've we've covered where he died, how he died. We've covered his upbringing. How he made it to Las Vegas, and now we're going to. Why we're here is to cover the deaths of the women that either died or came up missing while the time that he was in Henderson, which was 2000 to 2008. During that time, there were yes. three murdered uh, prostitutes and one found missing. Not found missing. You can't be found missing. <laughs> found missing. <laughs> one found to be missing. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, from 2003 to 2006. They fall right in that time frame. They seem to have mm-hmm. a trend to them. The police started picking up on the fact that these. These prostitutes were found dismembered. They were found, mm-hmm. some of them, in different states. Um, there was similarities to the way they looked, to their ages, yep. their lifestyles. And so the, th- the, the names of the four girls from 2003 to 2006 in Las Vegas, Jody Brewer, uh, Lindsay Harris, Misty Sains, and Jessica Foster was the one that was yep. never found. And so we'll just start with the earliest one that came up missing, which was Jody Brewer. Jody Brewer, right. Jody Brewer was born uh, November 26, 1983, in Seattle, Washington. She moved to Las Vegas with her parents when she was two. Her uh, parents worked in the casino industry, and uh, at 18 years old, after one semester in beauty college, she always was into beauty shows and all that stuff, and she wanted to go to college for that. She uh, ended up dropping out, lost her grant, and uh, fell into prostitution at 18. Um, Mm. Her mother didn't want Jody on the streets, so she uh, actually got an apartment with her, and literally... Uh, like a week after they got the apartment together, she she got dropped off at the Harbor Island Club Apartments, and that was the last time anyone had seen her alive. Yeah, one witness claimed that she had gotten into a white California or uh, white car with California plates, and uh, 15 days later, on August 29th, a torso determined to be Jody's, basically because of yeah. tattoos. She had a, a hummingbird under her left yep. breast. And she also, also had a, a back, t- a lower back tattoo. Was it like a name or a number or something? I think and, it was an M. Yeah. Okay. So she had distinctive tattoos yeah. that they were able to, and they confirmed. I, I believe they confirmed it with DNA too, as was, well. Yeah. And that was off a of California highway, like I-15, twenty-five miles from the border. It was uh, the I-15 between Las Vegas and it was in San Bernardino Valley, yeah. in California, just off the I-15. Which, if in Vegas, if you're heading to California, you take the I-15 south. Yeah. Um, the the thing that throws me off is the whole witness seeing her get into a California car, a car with California plates, and then it turns out that she was just part of her body was discovered in California. That kind of points me away from Neil a little bit, but we were talking about it before the show, and it's like she's a, she's a working girl. They're getting yep. into all kinds of different cars at different times. She could have easily gotten in the car with the California plates, went and did their business, got and dropped back off, and the person that witnessed it didn't yeah. see her get dropped back off, and then she got exactly. with someone else. Or maybe she went in the car to meet someone else. We, yeah. don't, we don't know. Neil she definitely... Met, perhaps. Yeah. In, in Vegas, you can't, you can't go anywhere without seeing California oh, plates. everywhere. So oh, yeah. it's, we got lots of Californian, too. Especially the area. We know a few areas in Vegas where prostitutes tend to work, mm-hmm. one of them being um, I-15 in Tropicana. Right across yeah. the street is a, a, a basically a truck stop for big rig truckers, long haul truckers, where they eat and they park their they weigh their trucks and park and everything like that. Which is a big reason why hookers hang out there because you you got the I fifteen which connects you to California. So people come into town. It's right off the strip, and then you got a truck yard right there. 
yeah. which we all know the whole lot lizard thing. That's it's right. it's an easy way for girls to work because these truckers come in, been on the road all, you know, they're away from their families and they just want a quick something something. And so the, a lot of speculation with these Vegas girls was that it was a, a serial killer that was a long haul trucker because as you'll start to mm-hmm. see with these girls, some of them are found. One's found in California, uh, one is found up in Illinois, and so it makes sense, you know. Yep, it does. But I don't think, not I don't think a trucker would be taking them with them. Yeah, I mean through all the stops, the way stations. It seems too convenient, right? It yeah, seems too just, on the nose. He wouldn't have taken. No. Right. Um, anyways, yeah. so Jody, after the news of Neil Fall's death in 2015, Pamela Brewer, Jody's mom, actually proclaimed that her case had been solved. She was very happy that um, her, her daughter's killer had been found, and she was convinced that Neil Falls was the killer of her daughter. So she kind of had some closure with that, even though there was no bulletproof evidence linking the two of them other than the fact that it seemed to fit his M.O., yeah. dismembered, well, not even his M.O., but whoever was killing them's M.O., and the fact yeah. that he was living in the area and he had this supreme kill kit, I think everyone makes... And do you know if the timeline matched up from his, his uh, police stop? In California, did it? When did he get stopped in California? I'm, I was from, I'm not sure. We'll have to check on that. Um, but anyways, go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, I'll see what I can find. it's not that far. So it's, it's right. for, for you to drive to San Bernardino, it's a couple hours, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you jump on I-15 south. He already lived in Henderson. That's the far south part of town. So it's, you just jump on I-15, and you could be out there in a few hours and back to town. You went on one of your night ops. You're telling the people at the Hoover Dam, yeah, I just went on a night op. Yeah. You know, and yeah. only the torso was ever found, I believe, of Jody Brewer. They don't know where the rest of the body was. And the fact is, is he kept he kept a sleeping bag and, you know. He slept it, in his car a lot. It, everything he needed just to, you know, if he wanted to stay the night somewhere, he'd pull over in a desert and take a nap, you know. Yep. Yeah. He had, it, as far as uh, if you're going to be a serial killer, he definitely did it in a way that makes it hard to get caught because he's killing women that – Part of our discussion today was going to be about prostitution, prostitution, call girls. Those they they don't police uh, detectives don't typically do the same due diligence because the way they're taught to work is from the inside out. They work with the people that the the victim knows, the family, the friends, the boyfriend, these type of things, and they work their way out. You're not you're not uh, you're hoping that this person just didn't come into town from another state. Uh, kill the person, and then take off and, and leave body parts scattered across the country. That makes yeah. the investigation a freaking nightmare. So right. it, it, it's definitely – the way he was doing it was smart. If he was a serial killer that was killing people across the country, that's a – it makes it very difficult because then you're also crossing state lines, so investigators are trying to t- determine whose jurisdiction it's, it is. Oh, she was a resident here, but she was killed here. Maybe her body parts were here. Like right. law enforcement has to work together. It just it, – it makes everything tougher, I'm assuming. I don't, I'm not, obviously not in law enforcement, but so that takes us to Lindsay Harris. She was 21 years old at, uh, when she was discovered, discovered her body. She was born September 3rd, 1983, uh, in Scantilis, New York. I believe that's how you say it. I could be wrong. Um, at 19, she, uh, moved to Las Vegas with her boyfriend, Solomon. Uh, Lindsay told her family back in New York that she found work dancing at a club, but she actually really had been uh, making her way up as an escort in Las Vegas. On uh, May 4th, 2005, Lindsay called her twin brother to wish him luck on upcoming exams. She was seen on a surveillance at a Henderson Bank of America making a deposit. 
Two, day, two days later, she left her boy, boyfriend Solomon a voicemail saying she was at the Monte Carlo and heading over to the Luxor. So her boyfriend is in uh, California at the time. Or no, no, actually, my bad. Syracuse. He's in Syracuse, New-, New York. He was in New York. Yes. He was out of town. She was working, doing her thing, meeting clients. Um, but she always, one thing about uh, Lindsay is that she always kept kept up with yep. her boyfriend. They're, the police uh, suspected him initially when, when her body was found, yep. uh, that her boyfriend, but when they looked into it, the fact that he was in Syracuse, the fact that she constantly checked up with him to the point where it was sometimes it was every four minutes she was texting him, yeah. letting him, every time she went somewhere, she met with someone, she would let him know the details, where she was going. And mm-hmm. so she tells him she's going to the Monte Carlo, or she's at the Monte Carlo and she's heading to Luxor. Yep. The next day, he, Solomon hadn't heard from her. May sixth. So, May sixth. So That's he when the messages stopped. Yeah. So he reports to Lindsay's family that you know he can't get a hold of her, and uh, she always checked with him. So it, that's when red flags went up, and there yeah. something, something's not right here. And uh, nineteen the nineteen days later, on May twenty first, three boys riding ATVs in Divernon, Illinois, discover a human leg. They thought it was a prop initially. Apparently, mm-hmm. they, they, it looked fake. And yeah. when they got over there, they discovered it actually was a real human leg. And uh, they're three brothers, and apparently their father works for the Illinois State Police. Yeah, apparently they're little troublemakers. Yeah. So <laughs> when they told their dad, "Oh, we found a leg," they're, they're little like, boys that cried wolf. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. When when they told their dad they found a leg, their their dad's going, "Whatever, shut up, whatever, come home." And and so they're like, "Seriously, seriously," yeah. to the point where he's like, "All right, I'm going to go out here." And now check they this also out. believed that they that they may have scared someone off. Yeah. The boys were saying that they saw, would they see movement or something when yeah, they were coming they, up? Yeah, they say they may have scared someone off as they were pulling up. They thought they seen somebody run from the. So their area dad, legs were. their dad, the uh, Illinois State Police Officer, goes out to check it out. He finds a leg. He finds a human leg. It's fresh. It still has the tattoos on it. It still has nail polish on it. It doesn't have much decay mm. to it. And uh, along with the first leg, uh, buried about a foot and a half deep near the first leg was another leg. And a tarp was found about 20 feet away from that. And what the police then believed was that what the boys saw trying to make its way away from the, the legs when, when they pulled up was actually a coyote or a... Yeah, it was a coyote that they believe was trying oh. to pull the parts of the, the legs right. out for a nice treat, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they lucked out in finding that before the coyote was able to pick the, pick it apart because they, right. they were then able to link with the tattoos uh, to this two... Lindsay, which good luck if they if they hadn't have gotten those legs at that moment those boys didn't come across that oh, leg yeah. at that moment and those coyotes picked it apart that'd have been it they would have never known those were Lindsay's legs they would have no reason to believe it was Lindsay's legs because this was three thousand miles away from las vegas right three thousand miles so it was definitely a, a stroke of good luck for her family that they then were able to get that closure that she you're not going to find her she's right her legs were found three thousand miles away you know it's funny though that that these that these body parts were left just open, you know, none of them were buried or hidden. Right. I mean, they were kind of in remote places, but why not take a few extra minutes to bury it? Right. You know, but is this a foot and a half? Still, you, you, you know, bury shit deeper than that. Most serial killers want to be want to be caught. Mm-hmm. They want to be. They want their works to be out there for display. You know, it's part of the it's part of the rush. So they can the have thrill. podcasts talk about them and yeah. That and maybe damn the it, fa- we're feeding the monster. <laughs> <laughs> this maybe, is over. Maybe the <laughs> fact that he. He just didn't want to get caught. He wanted to just dump it and go. But he did take the but time to bury there. it a foot and a half. Yeah. Which is weak, you know. Yeah. And he has this prolific killer kit. He needs to add yeah. a backhoe to it. A backhoe. Just carry it around. <laughs> just pull the backhoe trailer of the Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> 
guy always pulled a backhoe around with him. I don't know. It's kind of strange. Know. I thought it was weird. It had blood on the shovel. I had shovel. to get terrible gas know. mileage in that Forester <laughs> pulling that thing. Um, did you have a timeline on when he was in Illinois stopped by the police, if it if it matched up at all with uh, the timeline of Lindsey Harris's I did not. discovery? It, it, it says all the states match up where the things happen, but there's no real timeline of the police reports that I can find. Okay. Well, he had been stopped in Illinois, correct? He, oh, yeah. So he'd made, he he at least somewhat knew the area. He'd been yeah. up there. He'd been stopped by the police. And so it is totally reasonable to think that other women around Illinois potentially could be victims. Um, but we're here to talk about the girls that were um, murdered or missing in Las Vegas. My thought was kind of kind of odd, but, it, you know, it's possibly he had a dead body on him when he got stopped over. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it, you know what I'm saying? It, it would be... Oh, yeah. Uh, who was it? Was it Dahmer that got stopped? Oh, yeah. Dahmer, Dahmer got stopped with the kid yeah. that he was killing or yeah. in the process of torturing. Exactly. And the police, because they were so uncomfortable with the homosexuality of it, they ended up bringing him back to the apartment, and he, he invited him in to look around, which he had bodies all over the apartment, and they decided not to go in because they were so uncomfortable with the whole thing, and he ended up killing the kid. Yeah, it was. It was wow. Sometimes you, you, the more you listen to these true crime shows, you hear a yeah. lot of um, police not doing their due diligence, and it ends up costing lives. And yeah. it's unfortunate. You know, we'd all like to say we would do the right thing, but you know, police—they've got to make judgment calls in a second. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they've they've done the same thing before, and it's worked out fine. But sometimes you have to go a little bit beyond. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can take that to your own job. Regardless of what your job is, yeah. I mean, at some point in time in your job, you have to make. You could have a done a little bit call. more than you did sometimes. Well, yeah, and you have to make a judgment call, you, and you have to. You're like, yeah, sometimes it turns out no one knows about it, and sometimes it blows up in your face. Absolutely. Just when you're a police officer, it's a little more detrimental. It is because it's not just, oh, well, that didn't work out for the company. It's oh, lives were lost here. Exactly. And um, yeah, as far as uh, Lindsay Harris just closing that one out, her family is not fully convinced that Neil did it. They've come to terms with the fact that they may never know what happened to her. So it's kind of interesting to hear. I, I I made a point to look into what the families thought about it. You know, obviously, obviously, with the first girl, with Jody Brewer, her parents, her mom is convinced that the filler, the killer was Neil, and she's she's gonna go out with that. She's now has full closure in her mind. That's great. If you, yeah. You know, I, I guess it's good for you, but at the same time, Lindsay Lindsay's parents aren't. Completely, I think that's the right way to go. You can't be completely convinced right. until you have. That's what's so aggravating about this story. It is, because now, I mean, the dude's dead. Good. Right. I'm glad he's dead, but at the same time... Now we're working backwards trying to find his victims. And yeah. It's just... At the same time, you don't have any answers to a lot of this stuff. And the investigation for all this, to make it clear, is still ongoing. You know, this is not a closed case. I'm sure the police are still looking into everything. And, and, and the whole true crime community has, has started discussion boards, and they're trying to piece this together to help oh, the police yeah. as well. You know, that's what this is about a lot of times. So um, Misty Sains, um, another victim around the t- 2003 to 2006, she was, uh, her partial remains were found wrapped in a plastic and cloth uh, off the road near Red Rock. So I heard Red yeah. Rock Canyon. I heard Blue Diamond. Blue Diamond, yeah. Blue Diamond back in 03. This was in 2003, 2003. March of 2003. In 03, Blue Diamond, it, it wasn't like it is now, uh, 14 years later, where it's all built up. It's now Mountain's Edge out there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a whole community out there now. It was a lot more desolate back then. I remember I used to go out there and ride ATVs and stuff. And it was yeah. just it was just a highway that would still take you a to lot Pahrump. of space out there, though. There is There's still there is still. But then freaking... there was but back then there was a lot more. Man. And yeah, so it, you can see that somebody could dump a body and it would take somebody a little bit of time. Then now 
it would get discovered right away because there's so much yeah. traffic, there's so much uh, growth that's happened out there off is. of Blue Diamond. A lot of people out there you, hiking. Exploring. I think you live not too far from that yeah. area. Out there. Yeah, oh yeah, we go out there. We actually went out there last weekend. Yeah, just find any bodies. Hiking. No, unfortunately not. Mm. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> um, she was a uh, she was 26 year old, 26 years old, and she was a known prostitute in Las Vegas. I couldn't find a whole lot of information, unfortunately. Well, obviously, not that known, right? <laughs> no. <I'm just> <laughs> I couldn't find a lot of information. A lot of times up and coming. you have to have a diligent family that isn't given. I don't know. I'm not pointing any fingers at Misty's family, but a lot of the information we get about the, the women seems to be from their families afterwards, and it's just you haven't heard. I, I looked well, and looked, and I couldn't find much on Misty. I don't you know if you understand did. a lot of these women probably separate themselves from their yes. family when they choose this right. profession. I mean, it's, it's not something they're going to brag about. It's not something they're going write to write on the Christmas card. You know what I mean? Right. So. And so, I mean, the, three, the first three... That we looked at, they they have some definite things in common. They're all they're all blonde prostitutes mm-hmm. living in the Las Vegas area. They're all in their twenties. Yep. They all they uh, you said strawberry blonde. Yeah. Something that's very creepy. All three of the first girls that we mentioned, their middle name is Marie. Marie. Yeah. That is is that yeah. not? That it's is a super creepy. popular middle name though. It is. My actually my cousin, her middle name is Marie, but it, it's my younger sister. It is just Marie. <laughs> it is just strange. <laughs> yeah. Just quit using that name, people. <laughs> yeah, stop it. <laughs> and uh, so now we move to the fourth, and uh, she was uh, Jessica Foster was oh, the one Jessie. that was never found. She's a missing person still to this day. Um, she was born May twenty seventh, nineteen eighty four, in Calgary, Canada. She grew up in Kamloops, British Columbia, where she was an honor roll student, attended Bible school or a Bible camp in the summer, and at twenty years old, she uh, began traveling with a friend. She visited New Jersey. Um, New York and headed to Las Vegas and in May 2005 she decided to stay there in Las Vegas and this was around her 21st birthday like two weeks before her 21st birthday she officially decided to start living here Um, she became involved in prostitution and was arrested for solicitation and was the victim of battery on several occasions and so her family is is almost what I was talking about with her, very, they're still very diligent. I was reading yeah. a lot of stuff. Her, it seems still as, hoping she's alive. Yeah, it seems as though Jessica's family didn't want to believe that she was in prostitution. They, they, uh, they tend to believe that she was either forced into it. Right. There's a lot of um, human trafficking discussions involved with her. Um, but she disappears in 2006 and has not been seen or heard from since. Um, an interesting thing is her grandmother says that around the time she came up missing, she got a call one night and heard muffled screams. Oh, yeah. This is creepy. Yeah, her grandmother gets a call and hears, hears muffled screams like someone was covering a mouth and she was and on the phone. It sounded as though it sounded like her granddaughter and she sounded, she sounded panic. And so mm. it's one of those things. That one's still open, missing persons case. Yeah. May it's around the time of uh, Neil Falls' residency in here, right smack dab in the middle of it. 06. Right. He was there till 08. And the timelines are just they're just too close, man. They are in the dismemberment. The, the first three, yeah, I think it's hard to deny that those three are connected, whether it's Neil or not. They're, they're, you're finding body parts scattered, wrapped in plastic a lot of times in a tarp. Um, right. What do you, what do you guys, what's your, was it Neil? In your, I, I don't think all of those missing women, like in all the states, no. are Neil. No, I agree. Obviously, the Long Island thing is way too crazy. But, but the Las Vegas stuff in particular, it just sounds like him. I, I, I tend to believe the first it's, three were him. Yeah. It, I have to. And that was right, wasn't that right after his mother died as well? 
Yeah, so his mother dies, and apparently it affected him greatly. Yeah. Um, he said it was the only person who cared about him. Yeah. Well, I think that so was later. I think that was around the time. it was That was coming oh, up. Was that closer to Heather's? Yeah, that was coming Heather's up on lost. Heather's okay. thing. Okay. I think he had lost it. I think his mother yeah. died, and then apparently one of the women that he'd been seeing turned out he found out she was uh, married. Yeah, and that was just one of those final yeah. straw. I think and I think by the careless. time I think by the time he gets to Heather, it was like we said he wanted to get caught. Yeah, um, he got careless. Yeah, got I don't think he was gonna. He was I didn't like, th- whatever. I didn't think he knew he was gonna get killed, but I no, think he wanted to no. get caught because he did say he was gonna go away but for a long thought, time. Yeah. So he also had a bulletproof vest. He did well, have something a we didn't mention, vest. which kind of t- ties into what we're talking about right now. Right. He was he was planning on a shootout. He was planning on a fight. Okay. You know that makes sense. But oddly enough, he wasn't wearing it at at the time that. Well, he got, wasn't just planning on getting shot by Heather right. with his I, own I know, gun. But <laughs> he was planning on. He, didn't, he underestimated a feisty girl. Yeah, he was planning on, you know, taking her out and then maybe putting it on for the ride, probably. Right. Yeah. Anything uh, else you wanted to mention? The guy's a mystery. He, like we said, is, two photos of him. Um, almost everything is is speculation. You try and piece together the timeline of his life and when he was stopped by police and when he resided, which really there's only three residencies that we can actually pinpoint, which is Las Vegas. And then when he moved with his father Kansas. Um, to Kansas and then, you Oregon. know, uh, mostly He's Oregon, most Oregon, of his though. life, most of his life was he resided in Oregon. Yeah. There was the eight year period in Las Vegas where all these missing women come up and then uh, the little stint in Kansas where nothing much happened because he was younger then. Right. Um, I think the bastard did it. What do you think, Brandon? I think he, he did it on on most of these cases. Um, not throughout. I mean, prostitutes are low hanging fruit for a serial serial killer. So, yeah. you know that that can happen anywhere at any time. But there are are some evidences of him being in these same areas that they're finding. Right, the prostitute. To think, so. do you think about this? Um, to think from '03 to '06 that the the prostitutes that came up missing or killed were only only him doing it. Like, there's a lot of Johns out there and a lot of creeps. Yeah. I'm sure there was other prostitutes killed, but they these ones seem to fit the mo of the same guy, which is why they're linked to him. Right. Yeah. It, and and what's interesting is if you look at Heather, who killed him, she looks just like. You, they almost look like sisters. The girls that came up missing yeah. in Las Vegas and Heather, they they could all be sisters. They had the same exact look, the curly strawberry blonde hair, you know, thin build, and, and chose dark lifestyles to go down, and it ended badly. Yeah. It's a chance you take, man. It's high risk, high risk profession. It is. But that doesn't mean their lives mean any less than anybody else's, you know. True, true. But I think that is what really put a initial halt on these investigations. Yeah, like I was I was talking with my wife about it and I was like if if the people that he killed were mothers or children or officers, you know, god forbid or wealthy businessmen, I feel like these we'd have a lot more leads right now. Definitely. I mean, just being honest, I, f- I feel like it'd be I do believe that Lindsay Harris was actually a mother if I if I read correctly. Right, but she's I mean, how how deep did you have to dig, dig to find that? Was it Lindsay or was it? Yeah, one of them I, I believe was. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. You have to dig. Right. That, but, that's not the initial thing. But, but our main idea here is that it seems like if you look back through history, the the prolific serial killers they almost all have one thing in common: they targeted outcasts. 
They yeah. targeted Weak. prostitutes because right. no one knows anything about them. You're already at a huge addicts, advantage. Right. Yeah. No one knows your. No one knows their whereabouts. Yes. Let alone care about. Yeah. Where so they're that going. forty-eight. You know, you watch the first forty-eight. They got that forty-eight-hour window to try and you, exactly you, their odds go out the window. That's already almost thrown out the window because they don't know where they are for the first forty-eight hours. They don't right. know where they were for the last forty-eight hours. They don't yeah. have a. Like me, you could track my life easily. I go to work on this during these hours. I come yeah. home on this day. I go to the gym for an hour. Right. Like if you were watching me, it'd be like pretty easy. Right. You know what I mean? But these girls, it's different. It's it's really hard to track their whereabouts. They're meeting with all these different people that they don't even really know. Yeah. And yeah, so you can you can see it from the cops' perspective, but at the same time, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Definitely. And it brings up a topic of prostitution. Should it be legal? Should there be more of a a process where you can actually Man, Say, at this point, it should be legal. I mean, obviously there should be an age. It's not going age, away. It's not going away. No, it's, it's been around. It's the, it's, the first centuries. Per, it's the first centuries. It's the first profession ever. Right. I mean, it's it's not going away. And if you make it legal, and if you make it more of a process, these people will have to be documented, and you know what I mean for these to engage in these interactions. Absolutely. Because there'll be a lot more paperwork. There'll be there'll be a lot more going on. So it's. They'll be so much easier to track these people who are engaged in these meetings. As of now, it's all black market, under the table. I mean, I feel like it's the same way with illegal drugs, but, you know, we're not going yeah. down that rabbit hole. Right. I mean, I think if you're a consenting adult, you should be able to do what you want. Speaking of documentation, there was uh, also a lot of discussion boards I was reading there where they were trying to piece together his aliases online. Apparently, he had, uh, I had them written down, where are they? He had some aliases that he was going by online, potentially, because they were able to link... Um, the phone numbers that he was using to contact the girls through uh, black pages or back pages, they, they were able to connect one of those numbers to a number he was using through an online alias. And they were even able to pull up some like conversations he had with local Las Vegas news on comment boards with under his actual name. And so uh, he definitely seemed like he, he even covered his tracks online. Like he made it hard to, uh, as far as back pages, he wouldn't use his, I guess you would be kind of dumb to use your own name if you're meeting a girl to kill him. But People were kind of able to track and find out his alias names. I want to say one of them was was like BJ Ross, and then another. It was Ross. There was a common last name that he was using, and it was Ross. Hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. Just more shit to look into. You can you can dig as deep as you like. We dug as deep as we could in a week, and uh, we hope that it, maybe if you already knew some about Neil, maybe you learned a little bit more, or yeah. if you didn't know anything, you learned a lot because you know we brought some information, but. Right, and also check out the Facebook page. I don't know if we mentioned it. Um, Heather, who gave us this shout-out for this, right, got us hooked on this story. She started a Facebook page called uh, Neil Falls' Investigation. I think so, yeah. And it's... Um, you can become a part of the... Inve- you yeah, can, you become you can a go join. It's a group on Facebook. You Heather, thanks for accepting my uh, request. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I went down the rabbit hole of reading all that stuff. It's very interesting. Um, it's, this guy, there was a lot of signs, and... Unfortunately, we may never know. And it, 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 the longer you wait, the harder it gets to... Ta- to... Yeah. Either Luckily, way, we have DNA these days, so hopefully something will break. But uh, just, I mean, but sometimes patience is key with these type of things. Yeah. Years later, we may know, and you'll get one of those Cold Case Files episodes on it. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. I do. Oh, is that what we'll do? That was my original, we'll that. <laughs> that was my original love for, for uh, crime was Cold, cold case, case Files. When I was a kid, that's all I wanted to watch. Mine was CSI, man. CSI? Yeah. CSI Las I love that one too. CSI Las Vegas was yeah. great. I did CSI, like CSI. Miami, Miami not so much. And I much. moved here. What an idiot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I warned you. <laughs> no, you didn't. I warned you once you got into it, once you got here. Once you I, got here. <laughs> once you're already here. Well, I guess uh, that'll about wrap it up for this episode then. Yeah, I think so. I, think that's I it, want to thank everyone for listening and uh, refer to the stuff I said at the beginning. You can uh, email us at truecrimelasvegas at gmail.com. Please do. Um, rate and review on iTunes, Stitcher. You can rate on there. Um, definitely getting a, a larger response than we expected for only being a few episodes yes, in. We want to thank so everyone, that, anyone that listens, even if you don't reach out. Thank you. Um, share it with a friend, you know. And I guess that's it. We'll see you next week, Brandon. Have a good day. See you guys. we're back in 2021 we hope you guys enjoyed that episode on yield falls yeah from the vault that i guarantee you 99 percent of our listeners have not heard so this is basically a new episode to you and it's all still applicable um right on that being said something that i'm pretty sure didn't exist back in uh when we recorded that episode was oh my gaia our no. number one sponsor has been with us since the beginning right not too long after that did she join <laughs> it seems like right. it right <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Oh My Gaia is an innovative, all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh My Gaia, they use only all-natural paraben and aluminum-free organic ingredients. Guys, I just got my new order in. I got, I got some Egyptian musk. I got me some Barbershop. And I had to get Fireside. I just love Fireside, especially in the winter. The fall and the winter... It's like I want to switch to that fireside scent. It's like a beside a campfire, beside somebody who smells good at a campfire. <laughs> but there's tons of other scents like vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, Egyptian, Egyptian musk, like I said, coconut, dreamsicle, leather, lumberjack, honeysuckle, fireside, bergamot, amber, pear, sweet pea, sailor. And of course, we have our very own scent here at True Crime Guys called True Crime Pine. True Crime Pine. I forgot. I also got a jar of that as well. Always got to keep a jar of True Crime Pine on hand. You never know. Mm -hmm. But because you guys are True Crime Guys listeners, you can use the word creeper for 15% off your order. That's C-R-E-E-P-E-R for 15% off your order at shop underscore ohmygaia on Instagram or at ohmygaia.com. That's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A dot com, guys, for all natural deodorant and uh, beard oil and scented oils as well. So don't forget about that stuff. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. All the good stuff. All right. Um, I want to take a moment to thank those of you that have gone and rated and reviewed the show on iTunes and uh, various locales. Uh, we got our reviews back on iTunes. Good news. Yes. We're, hope, we're still working on getting we're all back. of our subscribers back. So if you if you can take a chance, uh, whatever app you listen listen on, um, just double check and make sure you're still subscribed. If yeah. not, please resubscribe. Um, but we did get our reviews back. Our, we're coming up on 3,000 reviews on iTunes. Right on. Um, and I want to thank uh, Chrissy Chrissy, who left us a review this week and said, True Crimes Productions has helped me through my mom's random decision to move to Texas. I've been a listener since the early eps when there was a third host. Oh, oh shit, that's wow. funny that we got this review and that was, yeah. So Chrissy's like, wow, I thought, but, well, not a new episode for you, Chrissy, I guess. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, right been a listener today. Okay. Uh, they tell a story like it is and their input and banter make the listener understand the content. Uh, they provide the crime info without the, being crass or rude while still be, hold a worthwhile conversation that can in, inspire further conversations. Love it. Right Thank on. you, Chrissy Chrissy. 
Yeah, thank you so you, much. Do you have a review from another app as well? I do. I use Podcast Addict for reviews. They're, they usually pull them from iTunes, but people who just listen on Podcast Addict, it also keeps track of those reviews as well. So we have one from Mom2Quads, left a four-star review, says, love these guys, my favorite podcast out there, uh, four fire emojis. So thank you very much, Mom2Quads. Nice. Uh, I'm going to hit a couple comments from Podbean since so many people comment on there and we we never never uh, give them a shout out for leaving the comment. Right. Uh, IndieMac98 said, wow, I've listened to all your episodes, but this one really got me. When Lauren said, Jesus Christ, they're everywhere. It made my skin crawl. Keep up the good work. <laughs> uh, and that was in regards to uh, the episode uh, Herb the Strangler. Yes. So, when they were in, yeah, thank- examining his backyard with all the bone fragments yes. everywhere. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out also Drama Lama Dava, Deva as well, and BM Willis34, who said another great episode. Always uh, awesome intro. Thank you. Right and that was in, I forget what episode that was, but it doesn't matter. Thank you, everybody. However, you're supporting, wherever you're leaving comments, wherever you're leaving reviews, we appreciate you. Um, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, if you haven't checked out our Patreon page, that's where we were last week. We did an episode on uh, vigilante justice. Yes. Uh, we did a mashup of four different cases where the killer or rapist got taken out by either family members, most of the time it was family members, yeah. or in one case, uh, an um, angry mob. <laughs> um, it was good stuff. And then in one so, case, yeah, check that out. Uh, a couple a couple teamed up to kill someone who had taken advantage oh, right. of the woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy yep. cases, man. But yeah, quite yep. different a- than what we normally cover. Mm-hmm. That's available on patreon.com slash true crime guys. Two bucks a month gets you access to that episode as well as all of our other um, once a month Patreon only episodes. And if you go up to the $5 tier, you get just the banter, which we just got done recording. Mm-hmm. Um, we answer listener questions every week and we just hang out for 30 minutes to an hour, yep. um, shoot the shit. And uh, you get access to that on the $5 tier as well as a gold creep band sticker. So that's right. And if you get to the $10 tier, you can have the creeper combos. We just, we just uh, spoke with some listeners for half an hour. Hung out with them, talked about Thanksgiving and, and some insider stuff about you know what's going on with our families and things like that. So yeah, that's right. The last Friday of every month, guys, we try to do a a call with all the creeps of the crop, as we call them, on the ten dollar tier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but if you're all caught up on True Crime Guys productions, you can also check out Strange and Unexplained. Oh, I meant True Crime Guys rather. Check out Strange and Unexplained, our other show that comes out every Monday wherever you listen, where we focus on unsolved missing persons, uh, strange phenomena. All type of cases like that, where I give you the background, I give you the details, um, maybe a little bit of my opinion, and then you hear Lauren's opinion in the Lauren's synopsis segment of the show, where he studied separate from me, and then I meet up at the end, kind of pull it all together and see what we learned. So again, that's strange and unexplained. Wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, you should see the uh, T-Rex skeleton there on the logo. Pretty easy to identify. You got the true crime guys, orange and teal. Speaking of the true crime guys, Orange and Teal, also don't forget about Full House Fantasy Football Podcast. Right, Lauren? Every Thursday. Except this week. Except this (laughs) week. (laughs) Yeah, we had too much going on this week. So we'll be back next week to break down week 13 and what happened in week 12. Um, But yeah, me and my buddy Tori, we get together typically every Thursday and and talk fantasy football. We'll give you you our thoughts on who you should start, who you should sit. That's right. Um, maybe potential trades, even though the trade deadline is is passed in most leagues at this point. But yeah, yeah. Uh, just talk about all things fantasy football in that. So absolutely, absolutely. Hey guys, even if you're not a huge football fan, why don't you just go in there and just hit a follow, huh? Hit a subscribe. Help help out go. True Crime Guys Productions, uh, just in general. We appreciate that very much. And if you are listening, hey, go leave a review. 
leave a review yep. on uh, wherever you listen, iTunes, Apple, whatever. All right, anything else? Nope, that's it. We'll see you guys next week for a new Freeloader episode. We hope you guys uh, uh, have a great, great week. That's see right. you next week. Keep creeping. Keep guys. True crime, guys. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was true crime garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder. Get murder. Get murder. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us, cause you thought we was true crime garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder charming.